0: Home Rants Podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed, for those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood, all American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Ride Home Rants Podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I have a great guest for us today. But first and foremost, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Shit Hurt merch store. Uh, I got hats, t-shirts, hoodies, everything you can anything you can think of. I have it. Description for that, and the link for that will be in the description of this uh, episode here. Go there for all new visitors. If you use the promo code WELCOME, you will get 5% off your entire first purchase. That being said, my guest today... As uh, a former football player and track runner at Washington and Jefferson. He's also coached with the likes of the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Fitty Falcone. He is currently coaching, too. We will get into all that. Chad Edwards joins the show. Chad, thanks for joining, buddy. Uh,
1: absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be on.
0: Hey, not a problem, man. Hey, glad to have you on. We always like talking to people who we know will have a good Johnny Fitty Falcone story, uh, but we'll get into that here a little bit later. But, but you also, like I said in the intro there, you ran track. Uh, you were actually a thrower in track and played football at Washington Jefferson uh, some little ways ago. Yep. Uh, I believe, if I, I always got to check Johnny's facts, you were a three-time conference shot put champion and was a one-time runner-up. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. All right. I, I have to check his facts sometimes. You, you know how, how Johnny can get. <laughs> so um, take me through a little bit of what the recruiting process was like for you back when you were entering uh, college and everything like that for football and for track, uh, was it more for football or was it more for track? Uh,
1: more for football for me. Okay. Um, I would say track probably was always my better sport. I, I think I was better at it. Um, but I was more recruited in football. I actually never heard a lot in track, which surprised me. Um, I went to states in high school and, and did well. Um, but I all my recruiting was all football.
0: I bet you that some of these coaches, after you were a three-time conference champion, thought it a little bit differently in shot put uh than to not recruit you. I mean, I think you you showed the naysayers that track was definitely your your more preferred sport. Yep. Yeah. So that's all uh, fine and dandy, but you know, I mean, I understand what the recruiting process could be like. I was a former athlete. I was a swimmer uh, in college, but you also, after college, got into coaching, so take me through a little bit of your journey in getting into coaching, and why coaching? Um,
1: I was in the aspect in college at NJ, we watched a lot of film and just like the intricate details and it was awesome with our, with our high school in the summer we'd come back for summer workouts and when the when the program I, I go to Titusville PA and it was awesome in the summer we would, we would come back and help out the younger generations and the program was going really well at the time and I always liked to kind of start seeing it then even though I wasn't coaching I was still a student athlete I just enjoyed watching other people get better. Um, so getting out of college, you know, that first year adjustment, you're getting out of college, finding a job. I I didn't do anything, didn't do anything with sports and I missed being involved with sports. And I just remembered enjoying watching other people improve. Um, so that's had an opportunity to get back with my high school coach. He got a head coaching job and I, I just got into it and went head first, having not a clue what to do. And just learning, and here I am, sixteen years later, still coaching, still
0: enjoying it. So, where are you coaching <laughs> at now?
1: I coach at Cambridge Cambridge Springs High School. It's a small high school just outside of Edinburgh, um, okay. so kind of in between Erie and Meadville.
0: Okay, okay, uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, sure where you were because I know. You actually coached with, and, and I got to get into this, and there's a story I need to hear. Um, I think you'll remember it, but I really hope you do. Uh, but you coached with Johnny Fitty Falcone at Lakeview uh, back in 2017. Uh, what was that like? As I know the energy level of uh, Johnny and, you know, just being on his staff when he was the head coach. What was that like?
1: Uh, it was great. Um, we had a tough year that year when we were in. That was probably the hardest schedule in coaching um, that I've ever been through and been into. Uh, I mean, we played like seven or eight state-ranked teams. Uh, made a trip over into Ohio, played Crestview, Ohio. But he that was the best thing from that season. He kept the energy still high. We were we were outmatched, but we kept the energy high. Um, And he kept everyone like we still had a lot of fun. The energy was just always there. Practices were always good. Everyone got better. The results didn't match on the field. Um, But that was one thing that, that I took from him is how to have fun, how to have energy and just push through any kind of adversity that you could possibly go through. That's one thing that I appreciated big time from that
0: year. I'm actually glad you used the word adversity because that brings me into the story I need to know. Now, is this true or not? Uh, one of Lakeview's games where you guys were playing, I believe it was one of those, you know, top-ranked teams in the state. And Johnny actually the, hated this coach, or this coach hated Johnny, uh, because the year before they didn't let them steamroll Lakeview. Um when they were the number one team in the state, and I believe he says you guys were like 0-5 at this point in time. Um, and is it true that Johnny had to be pulled off the field by his coaching staff after the game? And take me through what transpired, because I know Johnny and I know how heated he can get uh, when it comes to football, and I'm really hoping you remember this story.
1: Yeah, we always uh, we we hyped up one game and and particularly did a nice job with it because they were always the the team to beat um, and we kind of made he you know how he loves Rocky um, <laughs> he always he always hyped up the game um, you know as we were Rocky and and going against the top dog we were the underdog so he hyped it up when we'd watch Rocky with the kids and it was it was really cool and we hyped it up to try and go so we actually had shirts made you know to pump the kids up it wasn't anything really personal he he did, he did struggle with them but it really wasn't meant to be uh anything personal we made shirts like fight night shirts against them and after the game we did i mean we did well we were outclassed but we did really well i think we ran for it we didn't we didn't attempt one pass um in the game which is hard for me I was the offensive coordinator at the time and I'm a WNJ guy and we like to throw the right. ball um but I'm a lineman so we didn't we didn't attempt one single pass and we did well and ran for about over 300 yards I believe but we lost the game but he didn't appreciate the shirts um that said fight night and he made a comment to Johnny and of course you know he didn't appreciate the comments were made so he went back and a couple of us had to grab him and try pull him off the field before anything else happened, and get ourselves out of there. So that that definitely did happen. <laughs>
0: oh man, he was trying to explain this to me, and he was like, "I really hope Chad remembers this story because he should." And all he told me was that there were shirts involved, and that words were exchanged, and that he had to be drug off the field. Now, if it, it just <laughs> that's, I, that, that's true. I I can see it in my mind when he was telling me this. Like, I can 100% see you just losing your mind after a game. I understand how competitive you are, all the energy you bring to everything, and just being pulled off the field. Made no doubt in my mind that that (laughs) that definitely had to happen. (laughs) And he had to be pulled off the field. And I'm surprised. Is this the only time it happened, or did that happen more than once?
1: No, that was the only time I got to experience.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, there wasn't. I, I know he's made, he made a couple comments to people before. Yeah. So, but nothing ever escalated that quickly. Oh, so it's that's, a competitive spirit.
0: That sounds like Johnny for sure. Um,. He also said that year that you guys actually went to the Pitt Panthers and YSU football game and toured the Pitt facility. So, what was that like after the game? After going to the game with your team, did it really help inspire your team, or um, what did you see? It was, that? Uh, it was, yeah, definitely. It was, it was a
1: good time. Uh, I think it was more a, a team bonding. I think the kids were kind of shocked, you know, to a Division One football team um and see all their facilities um before the game and kind of see just all the stuff they have um it was kind of funny it seemed like the kids were all kind of like in shock (laughs) um but that was a really cool experience for them to kind of see the other side of of football with out there people um it was actually pretty cool after the after we got a tour, we were sitting outside. I remember sitting on the bus, and, and Coach Mike Tomlin was getting out of his car to go into the facility because Pitt and the Steelers share their facilities. And so they all saw, they're like, that's Coach Tomlin. It looked really cool, too. Um, I remember that as well. But it was a, it was a cool
0: experience. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I remember when you know, being you know, growing up in West Virginia and everything like that. After the season in you know junior high and high school, we would always go to Mountaineer Field and watch uh, a WVU game. We never actually got to tour the facility, but just being there and you know a D one football game, and it was it was always a great experience. And I think it really brought our teams together uh, for sure, even whether they were fans of. West Virginia or not, but nothing to a school with seeing Mike Tomlin out on the, <laughs> out there. That's yeah. definitely got to be a highlight for uh, everyone involved, really. I'd yeah, yeah, be... it was
1: cool. He wasn't far away either, We just looked up and like, that's Mike Tomlin.
0: <laughs> Were you close enough to be able to say anything to him, or was it just... Uh... Yeah, yeah,
1: they, he heard us. We're like, Coach, someone, yeah, I think one of the kids yelled, hey, Coach Tomlin, and he looked up and waved. Um, we didn't really talk to him. He was heading in in the facility.
0: So it, was, it was it was pretty cool that's that's still a great story and a great memory for for everyone involved there um, going to uh, <clears throat> move a little bit more into talking about uh, sports here for you. I understand you're a 49ers fan though <laughs> all right so I gotta ask your opinion on Jimmy G. What do you think is going to happen with him? Do you like him as your quarterback or what do you think is going to happen with Jimmy G? I
1: I think the time the the time has come to make a change. I, I I love Jimmy. Um, I think he gave his heart and those guys loved him. It tells you a, a lot about a team and just following it. Like those guys loved him. Um, the game, the game's changing. I think Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind. Um, that's so why i started liking the 49ers have always had very good offensive minds um i think he's very good and i just think that ability now in the nfl with as good as pass rushers they are you need to have someone that has mobility you can make plays with their feet so um i appreciated what jimmy's but it's it, it's time you don't invest three first round picks in a in a quarterback that has mobility to to not play him you got to find out
0: yeah, I I agree. Uh, so, how many games do you think Jimmy G starts this year if he starts any at all? Well, there's
1: you know, uh, and then hope for uh, camp coming up. Camps are coming up for teams. This uh, if some hurt.
0: So uh, some repair. So you, you're saying that I uh, kind of broke up a little bit. I know our connection's not the greatest, but it, I mean it is what it is. Um, but you're saying that you think that Jimmy G will sit the bench the entire year and only come in if there's an injury or anything like that, or do you think they'll even throw in some special uh, plays just for him?
1: Uh, I don't
0: think he's going to be upset. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, so. So what is. That uh, all started into a sand pudding. Yeah, I got, I got bits and pieces of that. So, what is your prediction for the 49ers this year?
1: I think. and 6. Uh, and their roster's good. But I think Trey Lance is going to, you know, he's going to take some.
0: <laughs> we'll be back after a quick break. Big lady energy. What if I eat a little bit? <laughs> cheese every day <laughs> just keep it it's on like i road. have a tolerance yeah for cheese Good same with cats like if i pet a cat every day for the first week or two you're
1: gonna say if i eat a cat a little bit every day <laughs> just at the tail <laughs> and just eat a little bit I'd be fine but if i didn't eat a cat for three months i and... would totally
0: start at the face why yeah. would you start at the tail if someone put a gun to my head and said eat this cat i'm trying to think of we're an acceptable talking scenario about a feline Right. <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe. It could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we caught a, a little bit of that. I heard 10 and 6 and then Trey Lance. What do you think about Trey Lance?
1: I think he's going to take his beating.
0: He's going to do well. Okay. Okay. Uh you know I th- I can I can see the Niners going 10 and 6. They they got a pretty good pretty good team there. Um I am a Buccaneers fan myself, so you know, I'm I'm hoping for one more good year out of Tom Brady. Uh maybe another Super Bowl run for us there too as well, but you know, I can see the Niners, you know, 10 and 6. That's that's a solid mark. I I mean, I'd like to see them go 11 and 5. Um but they do play in the in the in the tough uh, division out west there. So, what do you think they're going to finish in the division?
1: Uh I'm I'm saying probably second. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I say ten and six. I just know they got a tough, really tough division. Um, and you're breaking in a first year starting quarterback, so right. that's why I kind of keep it keep it low i don't want to be the homer fan it says we're going 14 and 2 right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I love it uh because i, I it just reminds me uh one year my my sister who doesn't really watch football or sports at all Decided she was going to get into fantasy football, and she's asking me for advice. And the only thing I told her was, don't be a homer. I know you're a Steelers fan. Everybody knows you're a Steelers fan. Do not pick the entirety of the Pittsburgh Steelers as your offense, because that's just not going to end well for you. And I think she still ended up with like five or six Steelers on her team. And I was like, just give me your logins. I'm, you, we'll just take over this for you. There's no yeah. way. She was a habitual homer, and she always will be. Uh, it's it's just funny to to see and to, to roll into that but yeah i i like 10 and six I, I can really see 10 and six and the second in that division it's it's a tough division um but you know i'm always the same you know i always hope low so that when i'm it exceeds my expectations i am always pleasantly surprised amen amen i'm the same <laughs> i shoot i shoot low i even did that with in, in my athletics because uh, being a swimmer, it was a, almost a complete individualized sport. Even in high school, people were like, "So, what do you think you're going to do this year in swimming?" I was like, "Man, I don't know. I mean, if if I win a couple of races this year, I'll be I'll be happy. If our relay does, you know, if we if we can drop like three tenths of a second off of our time, I'd I'd be happy with that." And ended up going to regionals that year, and um, it was everyone's like, "So, I mean, are you like, w- what are you thinking about that?" And I was like, "You know, I, I I didn't expect much out of this year uh, because I I don't like to get my hopes up uh, because if I was like, oh, I'm going to districts and then only made it to regionals, it it you know that's that's a losing season for me, and you know my my coaches in college really appreciated it." Um, Especially when it came time for the conference championships, because when I was swimming at Bethany, we only had four guys on the team and that was counting myself. So I was swimming seven to eight events a meet. So I was pretty much worn out by the end of the meets. And that's not even really including relays. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a lot. And I actually missed the last two days of our conference championships because I was that dehydrated from the first two days that the doctors would not let me swim at all, no matter what I did. I even had to go to the hospital, get an IV in Grove City. So that was a fun turn of events, I guess you could say, but I didn't have that expectations of going there and just dominating at conferences. So I dropped a couple seconds off of my times, and that was a win for me. Now, when you're coaching, do you kind of have that mentality in in coaching? Do you kind of think like, okay, we're going to do this. And if we exceed it, yay. If not, we still kind of, we've still put our best foot forward. Is that what the kind of mindset you have for your teams? Uh, Never, honestly, in
1: in all the 15 years, I've never put, uh, never sat down and we've never talked to the staff like, hey, we're going to win these. We should win this amount. Uh, I'm always, it's just always a judge. Are we going to be good this year or are we not? Um, where's our weaknesses? More where we've, we've got into is just, all right, where, where are we going to be at this year? Are we going to struggle? Um, or are we going to do well? And you usually have a pretty good feel. Um, and then, then things change, um, you know, through the summer and evaluating talent and getting into training camp, you have a pretty good idea where, where you're going to be at. But I've never really looked at it like wins and losses. Um, Go in, attack your weaknesses, and and work on the areas you need to get better. Um, And then as you get into camp, it's basically where you start putting together your team.
0: Okay. So i got to ask you this last question before we get into this last segment here. What are your expectations for this season coming up?
1: Um, We're going to be a very young team, starting out a lot of younger guys. uh, But I definitely feel this year with our team, we have an all-single-A schedule. So it's the smallest classification in Pennsylvania we have a lot of uh, a lot of chances to compete against guys that have the same expectations as us so they're going to be dealing with low numbers low number of kids so I think we'll I think we'll do
0: well all right I will be checking in on you there coach and definitely keeping my eye on you I like to See where all my guests end up at the end of the year. I got a lot of I got a lot of high school football coaches coming on here, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of teams to say I'm I'm a lot of football. sure. Uh, but I am gonna keep up with all of you because you know I, I I am rooting for you guys this year um to, to hopefully exceed your expectations. But I have to get this segment in because as you know, uh Johnny will definitely uh kill me if I don't get this segment in, and it is the fast 55 five. Five random questions from the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Fiddy Falcone. Now, Coach, these are kind of rapid fire. You can elaborate if you need to. And he just sent me these today, so I am reading these for the first time with you two as well. So, if you are ready for these, we can get rolling with it. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Who would you rather have seen in concert in their prime michael jackson or elvis michael jackson michael jackson okay this one oh my god this is such a a, a Jotty question here question <laughs> number two would you rather be a myrtle which is a half man half turtle or a manguin a half man half penguin I'm going to say Myrtle. Myrtle, okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's such a Johnny question. Uh, <laughs> all right, question number three. Who was the better quarterback, Joe Montana or Ben Roethlisberger? Joe. I, I, I figured that was a toss-up for you there. Joe Montana is definitely the... The way to go. Even me, growing up, you know, close to Pittsburgh as a Steelers fan, I would still say Joe Montana over Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, question number four: Would you rather be the world's most famous chef or the world's most famous artist? Famous chef. Famous chef. I'm oh, Lyman Yep, yeah. <laughs> Lyman coming out of the yeah. chef. I Got it. <laughs> Question number five: Which are nicer exteriors of a house, all wood-sided homes or all brick-sided homes?
1: I'm gonna stay wood. Okay, I
0: uh, I would have to agree with you on that one. Now, Coach, we are running down near the end of the episode here, and I give every guest this opportunity. <laughs> So I'm going to give you the floor for about a minute. Uh, Anything you want to get out there, anything you have to promote for your team or anything like that, or even if it's just a great message to put out there, the floor is yours, Coach.
1: I appreciate it. I just think the biggest things I kind of talked about earlier and and stuff that I learned in that year with coaching with Coach Falcone, um, in this world you deal with a lot of adversity and a lot of tough things. Um, I just hope everyone takes this world and the world we live in now with a grain of salt and smile through the tough times and I'd always push through adversity. Um that's been my message for everyone. Um I actually work at a juvenile placement and I and I try and preach pushing through adversity and tough times to everyone and, and kids everywhere. It's probably my biggest mission and being a coach and things that I try to do. This world needs tough people. Um, it's not easy and so take everything with a grain of salt. Smile through and push through adversity.
0: Hey, I, you know what? I gotta say, I love it when guests just put out a good message like that to end the show. That is a perfect way to end the show. Here, uh, that is gonna do it for this week's episode of the Ride Home Runs Podcast. Uh, thank you, Coach Edwards, for joining the show. I'm glad we were able to get through all the technical difficulties we had there at the beginning and everything like that, and we're able to get through it. Uh, really great to talk to. I love the Johnny stories and everything like that. But <laughs> like I said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. As always, if you enjoyed the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't tell them anyways, they might like it just because you didn't. That is going to do it for me. And I will see y'all next week. The Rod Helm podcast is brought to you by W Energy energy drinks made for gamers streamers and podcasters alike for gamers streamers and podcasters alike go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there less caffeine than a cup of coffee also no jitters and no crash afterwards use the promo code mike bono and get yourself 10 percent off also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shank It Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.